Dreaming heavy metal! We rock! But the evil that men do... Clinton! We gonna bang your You are now listening to Music Mania, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest. Featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here are your hosts, the Twins of Chaos, Clint Schweitzer and Paul Lagana. Well, I tell you what, Joey, let's go ahead and welcome you to the Music Media Podcast. You're a very special guest this week. How is everything going out there in sunny California, my man? Dude, it's sunny and uh, 75 degrees about perfect outside of the 35 million people in california it's great well i mean as a stark contrast to living here in the midwest here in kansas city where it's like 50 degrees today it's cloudy it's a, you know but we there's we don't have the population so it kind of evens out no matter where you go it all evens out somewhere are you, are you in kansas or missouri on the missouri side which is very important a very important distinction because warrant has actually shot two not one but two music videos here in kansas city how about that for trivia uh, Love Kansas City, brother. You guys did Warrant. You guys did Heaven here back in uh, the early um, in the early nineties, and I think you did. You just did the, the video for I think I'll stay here and drink here at PBR Big Sky here not long we, ago. We have we, we need to do one more and make the trifecta. Exa- you think? <laughs> exactly, and you guys will be back here in the area June sixteenth in St. Joe, Missouri at. Uh, uh, at this cool, very cool venue here called Amnesia in St. Joe. It's going to be awesome. We're going to come up and check you guys out for that. But my gosh, a lot going on for Warrant. New album is out. The new album is Larder, uh, excuse me, Louder, Harder, Faster. It's a great album. Joey, just go take us through the process. This album has been a big hit for you guys. It came out May 12th. What's the reception been like? What have you been hearing as far as uh, you know the fan perception of this new one, man? You know, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to reviews or or. You know, I've got friends that, that listen to my music every once in a while when I twist their arm. And um, <laughs> from most of my buddies that have been texting me and hit me, I get, you know, I get a congratulations, which I guess is a good thing. You know, for, from our perspective, you know, it was a two two year, you know, writing process down to the wire. And then finally, we just to get it done. We just made it. We made a date to go in the studio, pick the producer so we'd get off, get off our ass and stop. You know, um, you know, being protagonist. You know what I mean? Yes. As someone that has uh, been putting things off for years, I can completely relate to this. This is a follow up to 2011's Rockaholic, which was a great album too. But this one, it just seems a little more focused, maybe even a little more polished to me. Right now, my favorite song on it's actually "Devil Dancer." I don't know if you've heard people talking about that one a lot, but I love "Devil Dancer," and and, and you've already done a video for the title track. So um, things are picking up here. This album's getting a lot of good reception. I've heard a lot of good things. I'm, I've reviewed it myself. A lot of you know thumbs up from me so there's that take that to the grave with you um this Thank is you. uh but no but what's uh, so you know devil dancer is a song like i said that's really standing out to me uh is that a song that you might look to you know make a video for because i thought the video for uh louder harder faster is a really cool video uh where'd you guys shoot that it was like out in vegas out in nevada or somewhere out in california it was a, it was a really cool oh, shoot it was it was shot up in cave creek um arizona which is a north um, a northern suburb of, of Phoenix. Um, you know, to be honest with you, I can't stand videos. I think videos are a waste of money. I think they're a waste of time. I think they're a waste of marketing dollars. I think that that aside from having some fun and trying to keep it 
humorous, which is what we did with Louder, Harder, Faster. I think that money's better spent on pay-per-clicks and, and online placement if you really want to get down to the marketing of music. But that being said, kind of seems like, you know, uh, something you can't do without music still for some reason, even though there's very few outlets for it outside of the web. Um, you know, so it is what it is. To me, it's just kind of like I've, we've done dozens of videos first record and it just is like it's not really a marketing medium anymore you know what i mean yeah yeah it's it's um, interesting people are listening to music all sorts of ways now it's really kind of hard to find what what the collective pulse of what people are trying to get people have spotify and youtube there are a lot of people do watch music on youtube whether it be a video or just the song that's posted there so it's it's just it's music is a very very different from say when i grew up and bought kiss alive you know on vinyl it's Getting, it's definitely, there you go. That's <laughs> a little different. We probably, we're probably about the same age, you know what I mean? Because that was one of my first... I, I actually ripped my sister's first. See? copy that off, but it is what it is. So yeah. I don't know if we'll do a video tonight if, if they're on Devil Dancer. Devil Dancer was written on our one and only um, cruise we did last year. Uh, one of those Monsters of Rock cruises that we just were captive for four days and we only had two shows, so... What do you do with the other 8 billion hours you're just sitting on the ship when all you can do is eat and drink, right? Yeah. Um, so we took some studios, and Jerry came up with that riff, and I went into his room and recorded the guitar for it, the demo, and then we had a buddy out on the road um, playing, uh, or hanging out with us, actually, and he came in and did some percussion. We, we used, like, a Pellegrino bottle and some chopsticks and for the demo, so that song, and then and then, then Robert wrote lyrics, I do believe, later on, but that song, I like that song, I like the guitar tone on that song, the guitar tone on that song is pretty thick. Yeah, so. and yeah, absolutely it is, and I, and I know you guys are getting ready to pick up um, touring again, starting I think in June 3rd in Walker, Minnesota, you guys are playing with Sebastian Bach there, like I said, you're going to be here in the Kansas City area in St. Joseph, Missouri on June 16th, so get ready to pick the touring up back again, you guys got dates all through the summer on into the fall, uh, I know it's going to be good to get out here and uh, play some of these new songs and kind of unveil them um, out to the masses, man, that's always got to be a good feeling when you've got new music coming out, and I think that's, a, that's great for a band like Warrant, that's a veteran band that has a lot of hits as it is, but to, to still be moving forward, making new music with a great singer like uh, Robert Mason, and this is going to be just a, another another day another day in the life uh, for Warren out there on the road this summer again, once again for you guys. That's got to be a cool feeling. You know what? The new music's fresh for us, and it's fun to play. It's like anything you do for, for work, and I mean, we've got a passion for what we do music for, so we keep trying to put out new music. It gets harder and harder just because people have little thing called life gets the way, you know, families and things like that. Um, but but it's a lot of fun. We enjoy it. And we've got right now currently playing three new songs in the set. We've always got to pay, uh, you know, respect to the past, which we do very well. And Robert does a great job at that as well. And, man, we're just having a good time. We all still get along after all these years. There's not no separate dress rooms, no separate lights, unless, you know, unless we're coming in from different places. So it's a good time for us. Well, you know, this is, uh, like I said uh, before, you're the third member of, of the band to, to join us here on the Music Media Podcast. We've had Robert on. We've had Eric on. We're going to have to get Steven on one of these days. It's just we've got we to complete this. We've got to get all this going. But talk about singer Robert Mason. Just to me, um, you know, people that aren't familiar with his work, that didn't know his work from Lynch Mob, that aren't aware what he's done in Warrant, um, it's, it's like I have to sit them down and, and just 
tell them what a great singer, what a great frontman this guy is. I mean, to me, one of the best singers in rock today, a great frontman. Just talk about what he brings to the band. He's been in the band since 08 now. It's hard to believe he's just he's been he's been with you guys so long and done a couple albums now. Just talk about um, Robert and what he brings to the band. Um, you know, it's it's nine years in September with him. You know, we we had the you know the pleasure of being with Janie. I you know I did three three records with Janie. When Janie was at the top of his game, he was excellent. He was a great singer. He was a great frontman. He was a great writer for the genre, and it was just a pleasure. You know, when that when that went south, I bolted back in like '96. I got back in 2004 with St. James. Jamie, great guy, you know, did his best. We had a fun making a record, and then we got did the reunion thing, so here comes Lane again. And then, you know, that went south, unfortunately. We all wanted more from that. Um, I know he did as well, you know. It just did not work out, man. The road wasn't a good place for him. So I, I ran into Robert during that reunion tour at a gig in Rocklahoma, or Oklahoma, prior Oklahoma called Rocklahoma. Yep thoroughly confused now <laughs> and just said hey man are you interested in singing you know and he said yes uh, we had known each other for a long time because he, he was in lynch mob when they opened up for us on the doggy dog tour and uh he was on our radar hard from that point forward we actually auditioned him while we were still playing with Janie and trying to get the reunion going um i don't know if it was really an audition of more of a jam Mm-hmm. And we did five songs, and that's all it took. I mean, we didn't even have to sit there and beat it up. I mean, we just literally threw a, threw a jam together, five songs. It was like, okay, um, okay, you know what I mean? He is the yeah. probably the most professional singer I've ever played with in my life. Um, or he is. Um, he takes it seriously. He takes care of his, his instrument, which is his voice. He takes care of his body. He's a super smart guy. He's he's a super nice guy. He respects the past. He was a friend of Janie's, um, and and he loves to make music and he loves to play music. So I mean, what else could you want, you know? And he's just narcissistic enough to be a good frontman. Which you have to have some of that. And not, and not, <laughs> yeah, and not and not too narcissistic to be a complete jerk. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, absolutely. We had the we had the pleasure of waking him up one morning. It was like ten o'clock in the morning uh, when he when we had him on. We called him and he's like, "I'm just getting my coffee. I'm just waking up." I'm like, "You know what? We we would relate. I, I get it, man. I get you. That's uh, you know just the rocker lifestyle. He's a, he's a great guy, and I think he's wonderful for Warren. I think he just brings a lot of life and a lot of energy to the songs, and um, can't wait to see him live performing these new ones. And you know, we talked you talked about Janie Lane who passed away. You know, it's almost um, unbelievable. It's almost been six years in August of 2011. But you know, you know, I kind of want to get what your mindset was because you talked about things going south when you guys reunited around. I think it was around uh, 08, and you guys toured in, in, in 08, and I think 09 uh, with Janie back in the band. And obviously, you talked about things going south. What was it like? Because you had obviously replaced Janie at that point with Robert in, in trying to you know get the band firing again. What was it like for you having him pass away during this time where you'd already, you guys have kind of you know gone your separate ways again? Um, is that something that kind of weighs heavily? Do you think about that? I mean, what was kind of the mindset at the time when, when, when that all happened, and how do you kind of think about it these days? Well, um, at the time it happened, I'm the one who got the phone call. We were on the road. We were at a band and through dinner in North Dakota. And I remember exactly where it was, Grand Forks, North Dakota, at, at like a, one of those Logan Steakhouses or something, you know. 
And um, Jeff Blando, who plays with Vince Neal and Slaughter, called me and, and apologized. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, and the, the news was still, you know, new to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it was horror. I mean, it's horrific. It's like when any, any friend passes, you know, especially the way he passed. I mean, we all had an idea because he was told so many countless times by doctors and physicians that you can't drink anymore. You know, your body just isn't going to handle it. And um, and ultimately, I guess that's what happened. I mean, so at the time, it's horrific. You know, um, I mean, everybody handles grief differently. We were on the road. I think later they had, they had a, a memorial at a bar, which we thought was very tasteless. So mm-hmm. none of us went. None of us went. We're like, the guy just died from booze. You're going to go, go have this at a bar. Great. You know? No, thank you. You know, and, and it's really no nobody's business how anybody grieves loss of somebody that they you know that they appreciate or love or anything like that. It's really nobody's business whatsoever. You know, um, but I can tell you that today, uh, you know, miss the guy's smiles, miss his laughs, miss him when he was well, um, and 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 just the struggle that he went through. We, we were all part of it, and every every single guy in this band tried to help, you know, on sure. the reunion tour. We had a sober coach at 500 bucks a day, followed him around night and day, took all the food, because we're responsible, you know, drinkers. If we want a beer, we're going to have a beer, you know. Um, we took all the booze off the backstage. We didn't let anybody backstage with booze. It was tight, um, but he just couldn't handle it, and it was sad. So at one time, we just finally had to make a decision that we didn't want him to, to pass while we were on tour. And we just said, look, enough's enough. Um, and that's where we ended it. Uh, then there was some reconciliation, trying, he wanted to come back at one point, And he just, you know, I don't know how many times you try to make something work and work and work, and it's just not healthy. Um, sure. And that's, that's where it was. You know, I reached out to him a few months before he passed go have lunch with him and just make sure he was all right and no return call. So, you know, I don't have, the only regret I have is that he actually passed. I mean, that sucks. Sure. You know, I felt horrible. It's worse for his, his two kids. Now that's what I really felt bad about. Um, but yeah. you know, part of life, part of death. Yeah. Life taxes and death, right? Well, yes, especially in 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 rock and roll. We've just, uh, of course, you know, Chris Cornell just passing away. I mean, we every year uh, in 2016 was a we lost a lot of people. This year has not started off the best. It's just kind of one of those, you know, for me, just kind of looking at it like, man, I mean, one of those realizations that your heroes are not going to be around forever, regardless of of how it happens. I mean, it's a, it's just kind of a sobering feeling, and it's not very anti rock and roll, and that's just not, you know, you don't want to look at it that way because you guys are, you know, so important to so many people and so many people that you know that, that grew up with bands like warrant and stuff like that and it's hard for everybody and as band members you know that's got to be a tough thing but you guys are you guys have done so good moving on i mean you, you yourself were out of the band for for what was it 10 years or so from like 94 to 04 so 96 to, you were you were out of the band for several years you just said uh, was it because of dog eat dog the album has become kind of a cult classic among you know kind of sunset strip era bands but you said kind of in other interviews that you didn't like the direction the band was going maybe what became belly to belly you were out of the band for 10 years what kind of perspective did you gain during the time where you weren't in warrant 
Well, I got away from music. I went and got Microsoft certified, and I was a database administrator for about eight years. I mean, my perspective was just survival. It wasn't necessarily the direction of the band more than the direction of the business of the band. You know, I've never really had a problem with the direction of the band, um, especially when I'm in it, because I play a big part of it when it comes to recording and guitars and you know, maybe not as much writing, but this, when you hear tones on the record, guitars, there's a good probability that a lot of it's what I'm doing, you know? Um, and no disrespect to Eric. I mean, Eric and I felt good, um, but we just both played differently, you know? So it's, 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 it comes down to, you know, self-preservation. So when I split, I needed to do it for myself. It didn't really have as much to do with the band. I've said past interviews, wow, I wanted to get out of there because this guy was being an asshole or that guy was being an asshole. When I look back at that, too much needed to get away from music. It was toxic to me at the time, and, and I just needed to do something different, you know? So I went and got educated and got a day gig. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of people did during that time. I mean, it was, uh, you know, of course, grunge had kind of taken over, and it was a different time. A lot of the bands kind of went back to day jobs at that time, and it's great that now here we are in 2017, and so many bands are still firing and going strong, man, And uh, from, from your era. But, you know, you talk about Eric Turner, and he's already he's told us before – uh, that you're the better guitarist. He told us that. I'm just saying right now. He said, "Hey, I, I, I'm I'm the rhythm guy, and Joey handles all the lead." That's just kind of that's that's what that's what Eric said. We can get that out there now. He's told us that in the past. He uh, he respects your guitar play. But you guys met in the late '70s. I mean, you guys have known each other a long time, haven't you? We've known each other since we were 18. Eric yeah. and I, two guitars together. Don't don't misunderstand. The two guitars together are the Warren sound guitar wise. You know, just because. I play one way and he plays another way. It doesn't make him any worse or better than me or any, makes sure. me any better or worse than him. You know, we, we know each know our place and it's cool. You know, I mean, I support Eric 110%. You know, I couldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be in this band without Eric, you know, and, and, um, it's not a disrespect thing. It's just that he, if he says I took more lessons than him, that's probably true, but so fucking what? You know what I mean? <laughs> excuse my, excuse the F bomb. He's still my brother from another mother, and when we play together, that's the sound. You know, I play a different way than he plays, and you can't have the yin without the yang. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep, yep. And so you- I have mucho, mucho respect for him as a player. Mucho respect for him is, is one of my best friends, you know. Um, we've known each other a long time. He's a great guy. He's a great family man. Um, good guitar player. We're just, you know. We're later. We're later on in our career, having some fun still. So we're digging it. Hey, it's fun. And this in this band, and um, saw you guys a couple years ago down at the Lake of the Ozarks. A great venue down there. You guys played with Dawkin. The band was awesome. Yeah, yeah, great show. And Firehouse opened that. And you guys uh, going to be back here in the Kansas City area again. Go to warrantrocks.com to check out all the dates, guys, and uh, order the new album. Of course, louder, harder, faster. Um, you talked about meeting Eric Turner in the late seventies. You're going to have to. Fill in the timeline for me here because you guys met in the late 70s. You guys met in 1979. You guys were 18 years old. You didn't join Warren until uh, 1987. That would be 15. It, would, no, it, was, like, it was like 82 or 83. Okay. It was a little. It wasn't the late 70s. We're not that old. Well, you know um, what? That's, you know, that's just my, my terrible math coming back to haunt me again. <laughs> so you guys meet in the early 80s. Yeah, but, just, but you still don't join the band yeah, until this all beautiful thing began, basically. Um, I was in a band in Orange County, California called Nightmare. 
guy named Daryl, I forget his last name, came up and said, my buddy wants to be in your band. I said, who is he? He pointed to Eric. There's Eric with his half-stack Marshall and a flying V. He weighed about a buck oh five, and he came in, and we jammed for a while, and then I left that band go join another band, and when I left that band, Eric split up to L.A. and ended up joining Warrant. Um, and, you know, he kept on hitting me up, come and see my band, come and see my band, come and see my band. I never did, and then <clears throat> it was either January or February of 87, after the original singer and drummer left Warrant, and Janie and Steven were in the band, um, Janie wanted a different guitar player, and I, I I lived in Hollywood at the time, and I bumped into Eric across from Gil Turner's on Sunset Doheny, and he said, we're looking for a lead guitar player. We hadn't seen each other in a few years, and um, about a month later, I was in the band. That's the short yep. version. Hey, that's it. And to think that uh, in just such a short time, I mean, the band had been around for a couple years at that point, but by the time you joined, uh, you guys really were basically released Dirty Rotten Filthy Stinking Rich, right, uh, in 1988, right after that, and to follow that up with Cherry Pie, that combination, those those that one-two punch of albums was really catapulted you guys to just complete superstar. I'm like, how did, how did things change for you guys from kind of this Sunset Strip band that's in the middle of uh, trying to stand out in the middle of a... You know, a shit ton of bands that are all trying putting their flyers around the whole strip and just trying to stand out. You guys get these these two albums just catapulted. You guys, how did things change for you guys around that time when you guys did Dirty Rotten Filthy, Stinging Rich, and to Cherry Pie, which you wanted to call Uncle Tom's Cabin, by the way, of course, but uh, wound up being Cherry Pie. How did things change for you guys? Because I mean, that just the stardom came so quick for so many bands, including Warrant. Um, <clears throat> I think that once you get a a recipe like a band, you know, I look at it like five piece band. I look at it as like five separate, look at your left hand or your right hand, five separate fingers, five separate fingerprints. You, you put it together, you got a fist. You know what I mean? Yep. There's, there's just, there's just different personalities, but when you put them all together, you can have something that really means something, you know? And, and I think that that's how the band came together. And then once we got a record deal and it started exploding, it went extremely fast, but we were working you know, 11 months a year. So it wasn't like we had time to sit down and look back and, wow, look at what happened. It was just kind of like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Next record, let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, um, so things were just extremely busy. Um, that's the best way I can tell you. I mean, I, it, you don't have time. If, if you get successful in anything, um, business, music, whatever you want to call it, you know, don't have time to sit back and think about how successful you're becoming yeah. because you're too busy working. You know what I mean? Um, Certainly. So we, you know, it was kind of just that that vantage point or perspective of okay, we're we're able to work and work a lot. Okay, let's do it, and and everybody did it. You know? Yeah, and you know that. I just, you know, it's funny for me because I'm I'm only 33. I grew up with this kind of music, though. I might, I, I'll never forget the first time I ever heard Cherry Pie, which is a song I want to ask you about because I I remember the first time I ever heard it, and it was immediately my favorite song for like five years. And that's that's kind of interesting because I think that happened to a lot of people. Yet Cherry Pie was a song that you guys were kind of almost forced into recording later to go on that album. I mean, you had this album already, Uncle Tom's Cabin, and you have so many great hits off that one, um, so many great songs on on what would become Cherry Pie, but there's always been kind of some contention, because I, you know, I'd always seem like Janie Lane sort of did not 
like that song. Like this song wound up defining the band. Yet you guys get a mega hit out of it. I've always wondered what the mindset is of releasing a song that's kind of a mega hit, but sort of winds up defining the band. What's your thoughts on Cherry Pie and still performing it to this day? Still gets a good reaction, of course. I think it's. I think, I think we're blessed to have such a big song. I mean, my perspective and Janie's perspective at the time when it was huge and. You know, he met his first wife during that time. The first love of love of his life of many. Well, mine. She was um, the first so love of my said, life too. To be fair, she was also the first love of my well, life. Well, that, so. that's all right. God bless you, man. <laughs> um, but but um, he he was loving it. I mean, he was riding high. So what can you say? I think perspective maybe later on in life maybe it bugged him because he had such a thick catalog of different type of music and to be known for pinpointed for one song. As a writer and artist, probably gets a little frustrating. But from my perspective, you know, having a hit song to play every night, or two or three or four hit songs to play every night that people remember, and it, and it did something, and it means something to them in their lives, brings them back to a time is is a blessing, you know. And and I, I that's the only way to put it from my perspective. Yeah. Know? Yeah, and, and I think that that's what carries the day when you've got so many bands from, from your era that are still out there. You know, you've got these Monsters Rock Cruises where you've got, you know, the Rats and L.A. Guns and uh, bands like that that are still out there, the Slaughters that are that are still carrying that banner. They're still, you know, performing those songs. And what does that say about that era that you guys can still do that? You guys can show up and play gigs. People are always going to come out and see you guys to hear these songs. And it's not just Cherry Pie. I mean... I mean, from Mr. Rainmaker to to uh, Down Boys to uh, Sometimes She Cries to Heaven, you guys have a lot of songs. A lot of these bands do. What does that say about that era that you can still go out and, pl- and play and people come still and, and see you guys and, and in droves and big crowds and festivals? I mean, I think that's just says something about that era that will never be replicated, that Sunset Strip 80s era. I just don't think it'll, you'll ever see anything like it again. Yeah, it was the era of access. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not access, but excess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And sometimes there's nothing wrong with a little bit of excess. Um, you know, if you keep it in perspective again, and, 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 and now we just, we have a good time. There's a lot of bands. We see people out there, Brett Michaels out there, you know, Tom Kiefer out there playing those songs. Yeah. And we're fans too. The one thing that people, you know, kind of get away from is that, wow, they're going to big band. Like, yeah, no, but we're just like you. We're fans of music. We have our favorite bands. And when we play with these guys, we're like, Side stage, the list is going. This sounds great, you know, and and it's it's the same feeling that everyone else gets when they hear a song that reminds them of a time or of a song that they appreciated when they grew up. It's the same feeling. We're the same people as you, you know. We just happen to be in a band that that's had some success, you know. There were many bands that should have had some success but never did, and I think that if you keep that in your mind, then your perspective of where your place is 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 uh, is a little more real. Yeah, and and trust me, I have way more positive connotations when I hear uh, a song like Uncle Tom's Cabin than I do say Chumba Wumba's Tub Thumping from the 90s or something. Hey, it's all about when you hear it, what's going on, when you hear it. Songs are so wonderful that way, and that's what makes music great. And guys, uh, Joey, you've been so thankful. You know, We're just so thankful to have had you on. You've been so generous with your time. We're going to catch you here in just a couple weeks, here on June 16th, here at uh, St. Joe. It's at Amnesia's. That's going to be a huge show, man. We're, we can't wait to see. It. It's been a couple years, so we'll have to come, uh, come say hello and uh, come, come say hello in person, man. Buy you a beer or something. We'll have to make it happen, my man. 
I'll buy you a beer for the support. How's that? Hey, that would just be uh, unreal, uh, and we will definitely hit you guys up. Uh, we'll get a hold of hold of the management. We'll set something up on that. I'll tell you what, Joey. Thanks so much for everything uh, you've done. Thanks for keeping keeping everything going. WarrantRocks.com is where you can get all the info, all the tour dates that are coming up all through the summer and on into the fall, and the new album, Louder, Harder, Faster. Great album. Go get it right now, guys. Joey, thanks so much for your time, man. Let's uh, let's uh, catch up again here in a couple weeks, my man. Yes, I'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you for the support and everybody out there that's uh, been a, a, a fan of Warren past, present, or future. Thank you for the support, and hopefully uh, we'll continue to sing for another few years and have some fun with Hey, rock on, brother. We will catch you in a couple weeks, All man. Right. Thanks so much. All right, peace. Thank you.